Hello, and you're very welcome to another episode of The Others, the Alan Kinsella podcast, where I look at small parties, groups and independents that have contested Irish elections over the years. This week is kind of a continuation from the, the last episode on the independent Labour anti-coalition candidates from 1977, in that we're looking at the Socialist Labour Party, which uh, was founded in 1977 and disbanded in 1982. Thanks to everybody who subscribed to the podcast and especially those who subscribe to the Patreon. If you want to support the podcast, it's patreon.com forward slash electionlit. If you want to contact me, I'm at electionlit on Twitter, Irish Political Ephemera on Facebook, irishelectionliterature.com is the website, and irishelectionliterature at gmail.com. Thanks. Also, I don't know how it's going to pan out, but I'll probably, uh, there might be, there may well be weeks where I don't produce one during the summer with the weather and going away and all the rest. So uh, it could be every fortnight for a few weeks. Thank you. In the 1977 general election, Noel Brown was elected a TD as an independent Labour anti-coalition candidate. And Matt Merrigan and Paki Lee were stood as independent Labour anti-coalition candidates also on the same platform as Brown. They had been members of a group called the Liaison Committee of the Labour Left, which was part of the Labour Party, well, a group within the Labour Party um, that was founded in 1971 and lasted till this, till 77. Brown, I think, was looking to be readmitted to the Labour Party. I'm not 100% sure, but that didn't happen. And it was expected that a lot of the people who had been involved in the liaison committee of the Labour left would leave Labour to join a new organisation that was being set up by uh, Brown and Merrigan. Now, Brown wasn't, wasn't madly enthusiastic, but Merrigan was very enthusiastic and Dave Nelligan Des Bonas and others. Now, they had no name for this organisation and there was private meetings and discussions included in this, uh, the possible names were the Republican Labour Party, the Independent Labour Party, and eventually they went with the Socialist Labour Party. Um, now, they were hit an early blow when Pat Carroll, who had not left the Labour Party but was a member of the Liaison Committee of the Labour Left, uh, decided to stay in Labour. Carroll had uh, polled very well in Cabra, I think it was, in the 1977 general election. But they had a good cohort of ex-Labour people ready to form the party, and they knew that there would be others, um, not from Labour too, that would be interested. It was in October 77 we uh, hear that the new breakaway Labour Party gets going today at a meeting in the Ormond Hotel, Dublin. There, Noel Brown and Matt Merrigan will outline plans for the final breach with official Labour. But the new Socialist Labour Party is very security conscious. Ordinary Labour members who are unhappy with the party cannot attend today's meeting. It is an all-ticket affair. So they were very conscious of leaks or whatever, and they just wanted to get organised prior to actually announcing publicly the setting up of the party. In November, uh, we read, Today another group of former Labour supporters were meeting at Liberty Hall to form a rival Labour Party, which will have only one TD to back it, Dr Noel Brown. There won't be any defections from the Parliamentary Party, either of deputies or senators this time. Five weeks ago, the supporters of Noel Brown and Matt Merrigan, who stood against official Labour candidates at the general election, decided in principle to found a party that would be con would concentrate on fundamentalist left politics and oppose any further coalition moves. This weekend, the dissidents are working out a constitution for the new party and a political and policies programme to put before the electorate. The split came when Labour's administrative council decided that Dr Brown and Mr Merrigan had ceased to be members of the party by contesting the general election on behalf of a separate party with its only own election manifesto and organisation. 
The party leader himself, Mr. Kluski, brought this to the notice of his colleagues and it is clear that he did so in the knowledge that the removal of the two leading dissidents would drive others out of the party and that this would be welcome. Since then, a number of dissatisfied Labour members have announced their resignation and pledged to support the new party. Labour's headquarters say they are not worried about the move and that defections are no more than expected. A report of the, the first conference. Way open for socialism, new party is told. More than 400 members of the newly established Socialist Labour Party were told at the inaugural meeting yesterday that the way towards achieving some measure of socialist progress after 50 years of very depressing political sterility was now open. The delegates were told by Dr Noel Brown TD in Liberty Hall that the dramatic changes which had taken place in political life since the extremely bitter days of the Civil War had produced a climate in which the Socialist Labour Party could make progress. Fine Gael had lost its reason for existence because it was a treaty party and that crisis had long passed. Fianna Fáil was defeated in the 1973 election because of its gross ineptitude and would find itself in the same embattling position in three years' time because of its failures. And the Labour Party had left no one in doubt that it was a coalition party with men like O'Leary and Kluski ambitious for government posts. I do not think there is any doubt that the demand from the public and the unemployed is for a party you are forming. Not for today, but for two or three or four years' time, he said. Dr Brown also warned the delegates that the left in Ireland was a terribly fragile movement. They should try not to quarrel with other factions on the left. There is an enormous army on the right. There is no need to fight against the left, he said. The party's president, Mr David Nelligan, said there was a mood in the country which demanded political leadership and the party would provide a response to this mood. In his opening address, the chairman, Mr Matt Merrigan, spoke of the need for those on the left to get down to the immediate tasks that required action, rather than continually debating policy options. Mr Merrigan also urged delegates to be cautious about the methods they use to achieve their socialist aims. He suggested that the delegates live in the reality of a capitalist society, which was progressing towards socialism. The Irish Congress of Trade Unions and its policy and national wage, agreement, wage agreements were criticised by a number of delegates. The policy nearly lowered living standards and produced an agreement riddled with restrictive clauses, they said. After lengthy debate, the objective of the party was agreed as being the creation of a democratic, secular, socialist republic based on the social, economic and political teachings of James Connolly. The party pledged itself to work for the overthrow of all imperialist, capitalist and neo-colonialist interests in Ireland, including a withdrawal from the north of all British interests. The word overthrow was objected by some, del to, by some delegates who warned of forces who would seek to strangle the new party at birth. So an interesting report um, there of the party conference. Now, one thing that wasn't mentioned in that report gets an airing here in the worker, um, the paper of the Socialist Workers Movement. And actually, this is probably very one of the most important things to have in the party. The Socialist Labour Party conference was held in November, differed in one respect from the old Labour Party. It was run democratically. There was no orchestrated standing ovations, no long windy, windy speeches from the leadership, no elimination of controversial resolutions. The existing leadership was defeated several times in the voting. And that subs up a lot about the SLP. Of all the major parties on the left, it is clearly the most democratic. This was particularly evident when delegates accepted the rights for tendencies, organized groups in the party, which will argue for particular positions to exist within its ranks. In doing so, they took the first step in ensuring that the policies of the SLP are the product of real debate and discussion by the rank and file. 
The constitution of the SLP is probably the most radical and revolutionary of any major party since the Republican Congress in the 30s. Delegates overwhelmingly rejected the policy of an independent six-county state and called for immediate withdrawal of the British Army. They pledged themselves to work to build strong rank-and-file organisations on the shop floor and within the unions in order to enlarge democracy and ensure the union's fight is, the is in the interest of their membership. They also agreed on the need to fight for workers' control of hiring and firing and workers' control of production, speeds and manning levels. In passing such resolutions, the majority of delegates showed that they were not interested in establishing simply an updated version of the Labour Party. Now, the, as mentioned there, mentioned the tendencies and factions. It, in allowing the right of factions to organise with the party, there was three major uh, factions. There was other ones, I think, as well, but that the uh, there was a social worker, socialist workers tendency organised around members of the socialist workers movement, the Workers Alliance for Action organised around members of the Irish Workers Group, and the Republican Socialist tendency organised around members of People's Democracy. And you within that, some of these also were producing their own material. I think up in the, the Irish Left Archive has some material produced by these tendencies within the uh, Socialist Labour Party. But when you consider that the Socialist Labour Party in a way grew out of the Liaison Committee of the Labour Left, which was within the Labour Party, they could hardly say, oh no, we can't have tendencies or factions, when in fact they came from one. However, by accepting the tendencies, especially in such a relatively small organisation, meant it would be hard to come up with policies. And also the different movements within there were different parties and were trying to drag it drag the party their way or, or that way and, and there would have been conflict um, between the various different groups so it wasn't ideal certainly wasn't ideal to start off with Jack McQuillan the former independent or clan public the National Progressive Democrat and independent TD was appointed a trustee of the party um, and of course he had been Brown and Merrigan's election agent in the earlier 1977 general election. Now throughout all this early period there was meetings, you know, meetings held around the country. I know there were branches formed in Wexford, in Portleash, uh, Galway, uh, Limerick, um, obviously Dublin and Meath. By the end of the year, Matt Merrigan and Noel Brown were claiming that the Socialist Labour Party has at least one member in every constituency and county in Ireland, except Roscommon, Leitrim and North Mayo. So it was quite, certainly there was a feeling that, uh, that they had people on the ground everywhere. Now, how organised, what were they doing? Because they seemed to spend a lot of time was spent preparing theoretical documents and, and and the likes of that and they also i think later on they they produced started producing a paper called socialist labor um i don't know how many copies were were done but um something if anyone if anyone has a copy i'd love to see it in january 1978 um it was announced the Socialist Labour Party had won another prestigious recruit, David Thornley, former Labour TD and so on. And mid-1978, SLP concern over Hohi initiative. The Socialist Labour Party in Dublin yesterday expressed grave concern at the announcement that Health Minister Charles Hohi is to meet the Catholic hierarchy to discuss proposed government legislation on contraception. It said the fact that Mr. Hoy had taken this initiative clearly showed that the Catholic hierarchy retained its power of veto on such issues. The minister, the SLP said, should make a clear and unequivocal declaration 
that government legislation would in no way be influenced by pressure exerted by the hierarchy. The party weren't mad on doing clinics, all that type of stuff. I gather and told that they did them in, in Brown's constituencies. You know, they did constituency clinics and stuff like that as a TD would do. But elsewhere, I don't think they were active on the ground in the way, say, at the time, Sinn Féin, the Workers' Party, would have been. Um, I suppose Fianna Fáil would have been mad active on the ground. But they weren't active on the ground, so it was very hard, especially in working class areas, to build up, actually most areas, to build up a a vote without hard work on the ground and being seen at various things, you know, various events and so on. That was a, that hampered them and obviously was going to hamper their growth if uh, but you know they didn't realize that they thought uh, people would come flocking to them in january 1979 the party had um its first annual conference and it didn't go well attack on brown as slp meets features of the opening sessions of the first annual conference of the Socialist Labour Party in Dublin yesterday were attacks and counter-attacks between the platform leadership and sections in the party. The comparative youthfulness of party members and delegates and attacks on Dr Noel Brown TD. A large proportion of the 160 or so delegates were under 30, but despite often bitter comments from either delegates or platform representatives, including SLP President Dave Nelligan, there was no walkout or other obvious manifest manifestation of a major split. Mr Nelligan said he would like to see the nihilists splitting from the party. The SLP must agree on a means of achieving a political basis no matter what the various tendencies inside it might wish. We have a common enemy and a common purpose, he said. People who criticise the party leadership should offer themselves for office and remove the current leadership, he said. In his annual report, General Secretary Roger Cole also referred to faction fighting at all levels, including National Executive Council level. It is deplorable that the vast amount of time and money are squandered on factional activity when the party is desperately short of resources, he said. He blamed bad NEC attendances and activity on party factions and condemned what he called a lunatic fringe image given by some members. Mr Cole and other leaders were condemned from the floor by John Kelly, Secretary of the Belfast branch and Jim Larrahy, NEC member. Kelly claimed the annual report was a 26 county report and that the SELP, SLP uh, was being ignored in the remaining six counties. The SLP was nominally a 32 county party. She asked for a vote of censure on Dr Brown for his comments on the H-block situation in a newspaper letter. Her call that the report be referred back was supported by NEC member Jim Larrahy, who said the position of Dr Noel Brown in this party should be reconsidered. If you think we have difficulty with public accountability now, just wait until after the local government elections. This report should not be dignified by acceptance. Mr Andy Johnson, Galway West, criticised unelected spokespersons and called for greater party accountability. In his conference address, Mr Nelligan said that the association between the SLP policy, policies and those of the provisional IRA would have to be analysed. The IRA bombing campaign, in his view, had been a disaster and county counterproductive. The Fianna Fáil policy was the capitalist one of depriving, depriving the poor to pay the witch. Wage restraint re referred only to workers' incomes. A report of the following day. The newly elected president of the Socialist Labour Party, Mr Matty Merrigan, last night declared that the party was not against the bombing campaign as such in Northern Ireland. They were against it when it indiscriminately imposed death or destruction on workers who support the party sought in a broad anti-imperialist campaign, he said. His declaration came as the annual party conference took a sharp turn into revolutionary politics, despite distinct differences of opinions amongst delegates, one of whom declared, I don't see any provo as a comrade of mine. Pointing to a need to make a distinction between indiscriminate bombing, as in the case 
of the Le Mans restaurant or the Enterprise train between Dublin and Belfast, Mr. Merrigan said, I would ask this meeting to differentiate between acceptable and non-acceptable forms of violence in the Northern Ireland struggle. The conference attended at its peak by about 200 delegates from North and South passed by a significant majority a resolution saying that British imperialism was the cause of the violence in the North. So long as Britain remained, the resolution said the conference defended the right of the provost and other forces to take up arms to oppose British imperialism. Two amendments to the resolution were defeated, one calling for an end to the bombing campaign, the other condemning the murderous bombing campaign on civilian populations. Opinions varied greatly. A delegate who identified herself as from Belfast said that the Socialist Labour Party had to relate to those who fight back against oppression. A Dublin man asked how any socialist could defend the provost who bombed innocent civilians in the north and Britain. The conference decided it would not contest the direct elections to the European Parliament on June the 7th, but would contest the local authority elections on the same day. In, in late 78, they'd also agreed um, a policy for free contraceptives and also that they were in favour of abortion. Uh, this led to um, some resignations. Mr Joe Furlong, Wexford Corporation member, said that, and the Socialist Labour Party's only public representative in County Wexford has resigned from the party against the SLP stand on abortion and Mr Matt Merrigan's remarks on the IRA bombing campaign in the North. Mr Furlong, as a father of five, said abortion in any circumstances is murder and I am shocked at the decision on abortion. Take it at last year's conf conference was not rescinded at the weekend. There were um, other other uh, resignations, but the big one hit a few weeks later. Um, Dr. Brown quits as SLP Doyle spokesman. The Socialist Labour Party has lost its only spokesman in the Doyle. Dr. Noel Brown, who was elected on an independent Labour ticket, but who subsequently joined the party when it was formed almost two years ago, wrote to the party yesterday saying that he was no longer prepared to act as its spokesperson in the Doyle. His actions obviously follows the serious clash at the recent party conference on the issue of support for the provisional IRA bombing campaign in the North. Dr. Brown emphatically disassociated himself from any support for the bombing campaign. The party president, Mr. Matt Merrigan, subsequently withdrew statements he had made supporting the bombing, saying that they were contrary to party policy. Party chairman Mr. Dave Nelligan said that la said last night that he and many others in the party hoped that Dr. Brown would continue to act as in public for the SLP. They hoped that also that the party's national executive, due to meet on Saturday, would succeed in reaching an accommodation with Dr. Brown and his many supporters. And the president of the UCD Students Union, Mr. Dave Woodell, resigned from the Socialist Labour Party too in protest against the party's policy on the North. He said today the party had become a battleground for sectarian influences and he could no longer remain a member. Um, in the meantime, um, Dr Noel Brown's row with the Socialist Labour Party over its support for the provisional IRA bombing campaign threatened to spill over into the Labour Party today. But Mr Michael O'Leary, deputy leader of the Labour Party, who invited Dr Brown and others in the SLP to reapply for admission to the Labour Party, denied that this would cause embarrassment to the Labour Party. I certainly would not agree that my invitation, which I first made a year ago, is a challenge to the Labour leadership. Dr Brown has disassociated himself from the Socialist Labour Party's support for the provisional IRA as expressed at the party's weekends conference, and in particular from the remarks of the president of the party, Mr Matt Merrigan, that they were not against the bombing campaign as such, but only when it imposed death and destruction on workers. But so far, Dr Brown has not confirmed he's leaving the SLP, which he helped found after being expelled from the Labour Party at the 1977 general election. Mr O'Leary said today he believed the parting of the ways had come for those in the SLP who were serious about working for a stronger democratic labour labour movement, but those who reapplied for membership would be expected to abide by the rules and constitution of the Labour Party. A spokesman, per, a spokesman for the Labour Party said that if Dr Brown applied for membership, it would be considered in a normal way. Now, in April, a large number of uh, members of 
the tendency um, that was aligned to the Irish Workers Group, uh, April 1979, were suspended by the party. They had written to a letter to the press complaining about the omission of the national question from a list of priorities drawn up by the SLP for the coming year. And the national obje executive objected to the letter on the grounds that internal information should not be made public. It therefore it suspended all those concerned. But in the meantime, of course, the party had to prepare for the 1979 uh, local elections. And it, it announced that it would field between 40 and 50 candidates in those local elections. In the end, it was going to field 37 candidates between UDCs, town councils and uh, corporations, etc. and county councils. But you could see already um, from the list of candidates, basically not necessarily anybody who wanted to run seemingly was given an opportunity. Like for instance, in Artain, where, where of course uh, Dr. Brown was based, the constituency, uh, they had four candidates, which was ridiculous. But apparently, each one was from a different faction or different within the party. Um, so they were trying to keep everybody happy. You know, and they were feeling two candidates here and there in, in a number of other places as well, which didn't seem to make much sense electorally. Certainly from an electoral, you know, obviously I'm an election nerd, but from an electoral point of view, um, it just seemed a bit stupid. So this is their election leaflet from Martin, and it has profiles of the four candidates, Jim Maher, Dave Nelligan, Maureen Brehney, and uh, Bert Bennett. You don't just see us at election time, Socialist Labour. Election address. The Socialist Labour Party is a new party and our local TD is Dr Noel Brown. Our four local election candidates have been working hard on your behalf, running four busy advice centres. Housing crisis. The corporation waiting list rose to 9,000 last year, creating appalling family problems. The government should take the land, build the houses and smash the speculators. Health. Medical cards are being cut back now. We believe in a full free national health service. Healthcare must be based on people's need, not doctor's greed. Education. More secondary schools are needed with real free education. Artain Eden Moore also needs a regional technical college. Jobs. In our survey in Eden Moore, we found 30% youth unemployment. We have a detailed programme of job creation from letting the corporation start their own building firm to using Ireland's mines to create manufacturing jobs in Ireland. Bus and train services must not collapse through lack of government finance. Contraception is a basic human right. It is a private and personal matter and should not be limited by law. Free legal aid, wealth tax, food subsidies, women's rights, about abolition of ground rents, dangerous roads and nuclear power are all issues we can continue to campaign on. Noel Brown was their election agent, and this is um, his message on the leaflet. For 30 years in public life, day in and day out, I have fought for, for Connolly's and Jim Larkin's dream of things. The best alone is good enough for every woman's child. Our candidates in Dublin and Artane have shared my struggle and have the same hopes and ambitions for our people. Please help them to keep up the struggle in the years ahead. To give in now is to give up the power to change society and heaven knows it, it needs to be changed reinstate larkin's principle for ireland north and south where nothing should be too good for the working classes in health in sickness in work and in an old age the money is there make them spend it on the people not simply on their own greedy and selfish selves fight back and vote bennett Brehney, mar nelligan now, the local elections came. I'm actually going to go through each candidate because I don't think it's available online and how they fared. But they didn't win any seats. In Ennis, Peter Lawler, Lawler polled 71 votes. Dermot Boucher polled 424 in Ballybrack. Dermot Byrne did quite well polling 821 in Dunleary. Ernest Collins got 182 in Swords. Tony Linehan 153 in Talla. Colette Fallon, 199 in Malahide. Michael O'Donoghue, 194 in Malahide. 
Matt Merrigan got 490 in Terenure. Port Leash uh, electoral area for Leash County Council, Arthur Broomfield got 68 and Paul Carroll got 34. Jim O'Brien got 79 votes in Navan. Michael Enright 113 in Wexford. John Tehan 116 in Wexford. Bert Bennett polled 923 votes. Um, Maureen Brehany 448. Jim Maher 788 and Dave Nelligan 689 in Artane. Now, if they just fielded one, maybe two candidates, they would have won the seat. But they fielded four and split the vote too much. And uh, I think Bert Bennett missed out by something like 100 or 200 votes. So they could have had a councillor if they'd uh, had more sense electorally. And again, in area number three, Martin Giblin for Dublin Corporation, Martin Giblin got 641 and Billy Hegan 540 maybe one candidate would have been able to sneak in. In area number four, Frank Clark got 233 and Mick Larkin 343. In area number six, Des Bonas got 141 and Declan Byrne 213. In area number seven, Ivor Nolan got 128. In area number 10, Tom O'Connor got 171. In number 11, John Martin got 291. They also fielded candidates in Limerick Corporation, Joe Harrington polling 281 in area number three. In Waterford, uh, Miles Shelley got 250 votes for Waterford number one in the Waterford Corporation. And Robert Roger White got 219 in Waterford number three area. In the UDCs and town councils and so on, um, in Dungarvan UDC, Michael O'Mahony got 76. In Cavan UDC, Paul Dolan polled 36 votes. In Navan UDC, Jim O'Brien got 41 votes. Uh, for Port Leash Town Council, Arthur Broomfield polled 26 votes and Paul Carroll 9 votes. And for Dunleary Corporation, Dermot Byrne polled 135. Mervyn Morrissey, 34. And in the Ballybrack area that for, for Dunleary Corporation, Dermot Boucher polled 350 votes. So I think they got over 10,000 votes, but um, it wasn't, you know, probably Artane and Dublin area number three were the best chances for seats. But by fielding so many candidates, they really threw it away. But again, they were catering for all the factions and stuff within the party. So it was a Actually, it was a disastrous election for them. They should have they should have won seats. What's interesting too is also the geographical spread. They had a branch in Galway, but um, I tend their Gaelic spokesperson. But uh, some of them resigned after the annual conference. So they were running in Dublin, Clare, Wexford, Meath, Leash, and Cavan, and Waterford. And Limerick so it wasn't quite a geograph mad geographical spread and like when you think of the size of Cork, Cork, Cork County Council, Cork Corporation they didn't have one candidate down there and then a month later the Republican Socialist tendency a splinter group with the newly formed Socialist Labour Party have decided to split from the party and join the People's Democracy group in a statement issued last night, the group say they are joining the People's Democracy, which is the only organisation which has maintained a consistent and active understanding of the class struggle in Ireland and the centrality of the unresolved national question in the struggle. So two of the, the tendencies had gone. The party were still, of course, recruiting. And this is a leaflet I have from um, 1980, I'd say. What is the Socialist Labour Party? The Socialist Labour Party was formed in November 1977. Our constitution defines us as a distinctive independent political party representing the interests of Irish working people and to this end shall support and be in the forefront of struggles by working people against attacks on their economic, social and political rights. Our objective shall be the creation of an, in an all-Ireland of a democratic, secular, socialist republic based on the social, economic and political teachings of James Connolly's Workers' Republic. What are your policies? 
Ireland is a fundamentally unjust society in which 5% of the people own 70% of the wealth and in which exploitation in all forms is rampant. We seek, therefore, a socialist transformation of this society. Our objective is the expansion of democracy into all principal forms of production, distribution and exchange. This includes the public ownership of banks and other financial institutions, all the natural resources and all other large companies. As part of the extension of democracy, we seek to achieve complete worker control in all industries and enterprises. We work for a democratic and fighting trade union movement. We reject all forms of sexism and discrimination against women. On the national question, we work for a united socialist Ireland. An essential part of the struggle is the unification of the working class throughout the whole island and the removal of all imperialist interests, including the British troops in the north. We affirm that Ireland should not be integrated with any of the existing world power blocks. As part of our strategy of building a socialist movement, we have published comprehensive policy documents on many topics, including the economy, national question, women, housing, education, agriculture, the fight for jobs. What activities do you engage in? The Socialist Labour Party has a democratic structure through which its members determine party policy. It is primarily an activist organisation. We have initiated and participated in a wide variety of campaigns on issues such as the national wage agreements, understandings, housing action, PAYE tax reform, contraception, H-block and nuclear power. Our members are particularly active in the trade unions and trade councils. We believe that socialism cannot be achieved simply by electoral success in parliament or local councils. Nevertheless, we recognise that these bodies can be used as a platform for agitation. We contested the 1979 local elections and won approximately 10,000 votes. Dr Noel Brown TD is a parliamentary spokesman of the party. Why the SLP rather than another party? The Socialist Labour Party believes that socialism cannot be achieved through reforms in capitalism and consequently rejects those electoralist parties which are essentially reformist in character. At the same time, we would seek to avoid the isolation and impotence of many small political groupings on the Irish left. Where we find ourselves in agreement with other parties or people in no party, we attempt to work together with them on specific activities. How can I obtain more information about the SLP? Complete the form on the back of this leaflet and return to the General Secretary, Socialist Labour Party, 8 Marlborough Street, Dublin 1. That's just they were what they were saying in 1980 about what the party was about, what the policies, and obviously trying to attract people to the party. The party continue on. The SWM tendency left in 1980, I think. It left mid-1980. And then, of course, the night there was the hunger strikes and all happening. The nineteen eighty, you know, what was to be the nineteen eighty one general election was coming, and the party decided to field a number of candidates in that election. Now, I gather Brown wanted issued a bit of an ultimatum that really, you know, they hadn't a hope of winning any other seats by his own. So why waste the resources on certain? Um, on certain constituencies uh, when really the party would be damaged if he had actually if he lost his suit but um, they continued on and, and fielded the uh, candidates so in that 1981 uh, general election it fielded seven candidates uh, Noel Brown Dublin North Central Michael O'Donoghue in Dublin North East Bill, Billy Keegan in Dublin North West, along with Matt Merrigan there too, Ivor Nolan in Dublin West, and Dermot Boucher in Dunleary, and John Tehan in Wexford. Brown polled 5,031 votes, 12.4% of the vote, but it was um, it was a drop in his vote from 1977. Um, but he managed to, he just scraped over the line, got elected. Uh, Michael O'Donoghue got 309 uh, Billy Keegan, 209, Matt Merrigan, 473. Between them, they just got over 2.2% of the vote. Ivor Nolan, Dublin West, just got 63 votes. Dermot Boucher got over a percent, polling 575 votes in Dunleary. And John Tehan, 
polled 447 votes, just under a percent in Wexford. So it wasn't a, wasn't a rousing success. And the fact that Brown had only kind of scraped in wasn't, uh, wasn't good news for the party. That 1981 uh, general election produced a bit of a hung doyle. There was going to be a vote for Taoiseach who would support uh, Mr. Hawhey or Garrett Fitzgerald. And Brown said he would not take direction from his Socialist Labour Party on which way to vote in the Doyle. I won't be taking direction as to what way I will vote. I am just a member of the party, Dr. Brown declared. I will act in accordance with my own conscience. So uh, there's kind of friction there between the party and um, Dr. Brown. Brown also gave an interview in, and he was saying that, um, this was regarding voting for Taoiseach, in a country where party allegiance is as much a circumstance of family tradition as a result of serious consideration, Noel Brown is sometimes looked on with suspicion. Noel Brown for now is buoyed by what he sees as a real prospect of a left alternative in Doyle Aaron but the writing is on the wall for the party whose name he carries into Leinster House, the Socialist Labour Party. Even as his last votes were being counted in the early hours of June the 12th, SLP members who campaigned for him said their party had no future. With Noel Bounds' retirement from Doyle Aaron would come the official demise of the SLP, which was founded in 1977. Dr. Brown says, I was never really enthusiastic about the establishment of a small party. I never had any function or office in it whatsoever. After I was refused a Labour Party nomination, I joined it. I think the way they fought the last election was very misguided, but that's their business. They made the mistake of acting on the assumption that they'd grown to seven times their strength since the foundation. In fact, they diminished to about a tenth of their strength. For that reason, I felt it was extraordinary for them to put up seven candidates and not concentrate on an attempt to have me elected and to support some other candidate stand, some candidate like Matty Mer Merrigan, and double their representation. But they just went off on a self-indulgent trail. In the melancholy air of Bolton Street Counting Centre, one brown campaigner realised that it was all over. Winner all right that the SLP colours would hardly show again. Noel demands everything, and it's all or nothing for him. As the papers say, he's a man of no compromise. How the hell did he get into Irish politics? But yeah, the interviews goes on, but it just indicates uh, the detachment from the SLP that Brown has. In November 1981, the Socialist Labour Party no longer exists, Dr. Noel Brown said, yeah, said today. And Dr. Brown said the Fine Gael was easily the most radical party in the present Doyle. Asked about reports that he had left the SLP, the veteran politician said he hadn't had contact with them for almost a year. I couldn't be associated with the pro-provisional IRA statements made by people like Matt Merrigan during the H-Blocks campaign. I never resigned from the party. It no longer exists as far as I'm concerned. He said he was always against these small parties anyway and only associated himself with the SLP to give it some standing as a radical voice. He always believed that the whole area of radical politics should be dominated by the Labour Party. Unfortunately, Labour is in a dreadful state at the moment. They are more conservative than at any time in their history. There was an open invitation from Michael O'Gillary to rejoin the party, but he couldn't do it, as things weren't at present anyway. I have to say I've been amazed at the performance of Fine Gael under Garrett Fitzgerald, and although I wouldn't foresee myself joining the party, I will continue to support them as long as they pursue the present radical policies. Dr. Fitzgerald is trying to push through reforms that I've been talking about for 30 years. He's even talking now about redistribution of wealth in the country. Dr. Brown said Fine Gael was pulling the radical rug from under the Labour Party and it could have a devastating effect in, on Labour in the future. He wouldn't accept that the radical politics of coalition could be attributed to Labour influences. So Brown had, in effect, left the Socialist Labour Party. There was a letter from Matt Merrigan and Dermot Boucher of the Socialist Labour Party to the papers. 
we refer to a report in which Dr. Noel Brown TD is quoted as saying that he hadn't had contact with the Socialist Labour Party for almost a year and that he couldn't be associated with pro-provisional IRA statements made by people like Matty Merrigan. The Socialist Labour Party would like to put certain facts on record. Dr. Brown attended the annual conference of the SLP in March of this year. Together with Matt Merrigan, he voted in favour of our policy documents on the national question, which included a reaffirmation of our opposition to the militarism of the IRA. Together with Matt Merrigan and five other people, he fought the general election as an SLP candidate on the basis of our party manifesto, The Socialist Alternative. His campaign was organised by SLP members. It was partially financed by a grant from central party funds. In the circumstances, we find the remarks of Dr. Brown, assuming they have been accurately reported, baffling and distasteful. These remarks have apparently been promoted by our opposition shared by thousands of parents, teachers and trade unionists to the coalition's plan to increase the age of entry to primary schools. We emphasise that we did not attempt to impose a whip on Dr. Brown. We merely sought a meeting with him and Deputy Kemi to discuss the issue. We accept that the present situation in Doyle Aaron creates a serious problem for the independent deputies. Fianna Fáil do not offer a progressive alternative to the coalition, which has certainly promised at least two worthwhile reforms. At the same time, judging by its economic, financial and taxation policies, the present government must be considered the most reactionary administration since the second coalition of 1954-57. Those of us who have admired and supported Dr Brown's long career as a principled socialist can only view with sadness his present apparent belief that Dr Fitzgerald is seriously concerned with redistributing wealth in this country or that the party of John Kelly, John Bruton, Paddy Cooney and Oliver Flanagan can be described as radical. That's the end of Brown's involvement with the party. Even if he was somewhat detached for a good part of it being, you know, he wasn't the leader, he wasn't, they called themselves the party's Doyle spokesperson. Sorry, the Doyle spokesman. So, you know, the party was uh, not quite in disarray, well, in, in, I suppose in disarray. An election then in um, February 1982, it was called very quickly after a defeat of the government's budget. Um, some of you were over uh, taxing children's or VAT on children's shoes. And the Socialist Labour Party decided to opt out of the election but for financial reasons for, you know, it wasn't Basically, they felt they couldn't do themselves justice um, by standing in an election at such short notice. Now, Charles Hockey had been installed as Taoiseach and one of his big strokes was to send Fine Gael, uh, TD Richard Burke, to um, uh, European Commissioner's job, I think it was, to Europe anyway which meant there would be a by-election in Dublin West, which Fianna Fáil expected to win, and thus increase his number of seats in the Doyle at the expense of Fianna Gael. So there was going to be a by-election in Dublin West, and the Socialist Labour Party has nominated Mr Matt Merrigan to contest the forthcoming by-election in Dublin West. Mr Merrigan is National Chairman of the SLP, Irish District Secretary of the ATGW and a member of the Executive of the ICTU. As a Labour candidate in the 1970 by-election in Dublin South West, he polled over 5,000 first preferences, coming within 262 votes of winning the seat. So Merrigan is going to be running for the Socialist Labour Party in the by-election. Um, it's probably seen as a kind of a last chance for the party to have any kind of electoral success. Some of the Dublin West constituency at that time would have been Dublin South West in 1970. So there's a kind of a crossover. There's a, so uh, certainly Merrigan would have been familiar with a lot of the people, uh, a lot of the, the voters um, in, in a good part of the constituency. Now, as things were going badly for the Socialist Labour Party, 
Last night was a make or break for Michael O'Leary, leader of the Labour Party. In a panicky dash, he drove to Ireland, drove through Ireland last evening to Uchtarard, Connemara, for a last plea with Dr Noel Brown to stand for Labour in Dublin West. O'Leary met Brown at the psychiatrist's holiday cottage in Connemara last night, and still there is no word that there is any change. To add insult to injury, they're trying, Labour are trying to get Noel Brown to join, rejoin the party and to run in Dublin West. As it happened, Brown didn't take up the nomination to run. Labour chose Brendan O'Sullivan as the candidate. Um, disregarding uh, Mark Merrigan's manifesto for the uh, by-election. Merrigan and Paul plea to end PRSI. A five-year crash house-building programme, a tenants' charter and the ab abolition of the PRSI and youth employment finance schemes are proposed in the Socialist Party's by-election manifesto uh, released yesterday. The Dublin West by-election is being fought by the Socialist Labour candidate Matt Merrigan to rebuild and revitalise the political arm of the Labour movement as a national independent political force, says the manifesto. There will be no more contamination from coalition with Fine Gael or alliances with Fianna Fáil, it promises. Other policies being promoted by the party includes laws to end land and property speculation, constitutional and legal changes to introduce divorce and a reformed taxation system with the emphasis shifted from PAYE workers to include the self-employed farmers and professional classes. The social welfare code will be overhauled with increased children's allowances, promises the manifesto. The abolition of the death penalty opposition to nuclear power, provision of a comprehensive health service and a repeal of repressive legislation, north and south, are also included. So that's that's some of the, the, the highlights, apparently, in, in that manifesto. And Merrigan was actually seen as possibly that he could actually beat the Labour candidate. And especially as there was a bit of a split in the Labour ranks. And obviously there was Merrigan, but there was also um, John O'Halloran was running as an independent. And he also had Michael Conaghan running for the newly founded uh, Democratic Socialist Party. In the end, uh, the by-election was won by Liam Skelly. Uh, Merrigan polled 334 votes, finishing behind Michael Conaghan of the DSP on 667, Brendan O'Sullivan of Labour on 703, and John O'Halloran, independent former Labour Party, on 785. Indeed, Thomas McGilla had polled 6,357. Merrigan got 0.78%. Uh, uh, didn't even get 1% of the vote. It was it was the last electoral uh, outing for the party, and it was disappointing. It took place on the twenty fifth of May, in nineteen eighty two, and on the twelfth of June, the the party, the Socialist Labour Party, um, voted itself out of existence. Thanks very much for listening. Um, please tell your friends and so on about the podcast. Subscribe etc. Um, if you want to support the podcast, it's um, the Patreon is patreon.com forward slash electionit. Thanks.